As StravaCraft says, drink deeply, live fully, and when hockey news comes out, talk about it. Strava is a rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground, whichever way you desire. And you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20. The CBD is non-psychoactive and has been known to help long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS, many other aches and pains as well. So, it's a great product. It's one of our longest partners, and you can use that DNVR20 code to get 20% off. Highly recommend it. Give it a try. Help us out. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. If the CBD is not for you, maybe alcohol is the way to go as they have over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try, which you can get delivered or for pickup at either of their locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We finally have a podcast where we can talk about some actual relevant hockey news that maybe, maybe, we'll get into this, could even apply to the Avs coming in the future. So, let's start with the big news around the league. Nothing confirmed yet, but it has come out that there have been talks about expecting the salary cap to stay flat at $81.5 million, which there were rumors about the circling, but it's starting to become a little more concrete. Yeah, there was, uh, obviously there was the first tweet about it, and then there were follow-up tweets where it was like, oh, the, nothing's been decided, this yeah. is still in the works, you know, the, this isn't this isn't 100% yet, like, it's still possible, but we don't know, we don't know what's going on. So, all that does is, even just that speculation just gives us an opportunity just to talk about it. Yep. So, uh, it's... I think it's the likeliest scenario, but not knowing when things are getting going and what it looks like when they do, I have absolutely, I have absolutely no idea um, what the money side of this is going to look like because we don't know when this is going to end and we don't know what it will look like on the other side of it when games do resume. Right. It's, if the playoffs are fully canceled and things like that, obviously that's a big financial hit to the league. Definitely. Um, but at the same time, you also, I mean, you, you're going to have a really hard time rolling back salaries and being like, hey, we're going from an 81 million cap to a 40 million cap. You can't reasonably go that far down. I mean, there are multiple teams within a million or two million dollars of the cap as it stands currently. So there would have yeah. to be significant changes in compliance buyouts and all sorts of things if the cap were to drop. Well, and even 
if you just look at the the lowest cap teams, if it drops significantly, uh, New Jersey still paid seventy two million dollars for this for the roster they currently have. Yep. Like, and that's one of the worst were, teams were, in the league. Yeah. Yeah, and you were going to continue to drop. They already have New Jersey already has fifty five million committed next year. Yep. So you're not going to be able to just magically be like, okay, well, here's a $40 million hard cap and good luck. Like, right. There would have to be a pretty significant amount of infrastructure put in place uh, in order to mitigate just the chaos that that would cause. Yeah. I mean, it was something teams struggled with a lot after lockouts and with even with compliance buyouts. Teams were still like just skirting by on trying to reset themselves under the cap system. Uh, yeah. To drop it significantly would be almost impossible for the league to be able to deal with. Yeah, to, to, to do it that way, I just don't know how. I don't know how it would work, um, but... What I do know is that Colorado's in a very good cap situation right now. Yeah, they're and set up as one of the best teams to manage it, I would say. Even though they do have a lot of contracts coming, um, they aren't in trouble yet. Yeah. Um, that So this summer, if you get to this summer, realistically, they don't have any contracts. There's There's... I would say two key player contracts that they absolutely they have to get done. Yeah. Like real contracts that they have to figure out numbers for. And I think that's Burkowski and Zadorov. The yeah. other contracts, uh Jost, Nachushkin, and Graves, I think are much easier deals There's to get done not... and they will be smaller deals. Right. They it's not a significant cap hit there. Right. And you're talking should be one year deals. Yeah. Like, where you can you can adjust whatever number that they end up getting based on what happens with the cap situation. Um Burakovsky and Zadorov are gonna be a little bit tougher. Uh, for me, my solution to Zadorov is give him a couple hundred thousand dollars extra. He hasn't had such a year that he deserves a significant raise. Uh, and and keep him right in that low three range. Maybe give him three point four. I mean, 5. there's a, on a one year deal and be done. There's also a very real possibility, which we'll get to later in the show, that Zadorov isn't playing for the Avs next year based on other po- possible options. Right. So, which, like you said, we'll get there. Yeah, but sticking to the cap stuff for now, a flat cap this year is early enough that the abs can adjust it. There have been rumors about it continuing for the next couple of years and things like that. And that's where things would get crazy with the abs having to re-sign Landis Gog, sign McCarr to a new deal. McKinnon a couple of years down the line after that, that's where the, it would really start to tighten the screws on the abs. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years down the road, but you also consider two, two major factors down the road. Uh, Seattle expansion is coming right. and a new TV deal is coming. And both of those should be financial windfalls 
that should at the very least negate whatever the pandemic does. What was the Seattle expansion fee? Six hundred mil. Six fifty. Six fifty. Okay. So, I mean, obviously we saw that Vegas come into the league and pump the cap hard. So. Mm-hmm. the expe- expectation would be something similar, or if the losses are that bad, Seattle's money would at least cover it significantly. Mm-hmm. So that bodes well, again, for the Avs cap situation. Uh, the question, I guess, is how do teams end up adjusting to it, assuming it stays flat? Obviously, no one can really manage it if it, if it drops significantly. But looking at a team like... Arizona even, I guess Taylor Hall is almost entirely off the table for them. Um, Where are they? I guess, well, they're right near the top with a bunch of injuries happening yeah, to them. Yeah, if they but... are... So they already have $80 million committed next year. Yeah. Uh, that also includes the final year of Marion Hosa's contract. Right. So there is a little bit of breathing room that they can get on that side. But <clears throat> they would probably have to move one of their two goalies. Yeah. Uh, in order to open up the space because they've already committed to five defensemen uh, making over a million dollars and four defensemen basically making four million or more. Yep. And their their UFAs are Soderberg, Taylor Hall, Brad Richardson with Christian Fisher and Vinny Hughes Stroza as RFAs and both are priority guys for them to re-sign in my yep. opinion. Yeah, they're they don't want to let either of those RFAs go. Yeah, especially Christian Fisher. Yep. So it a tough spot for a team at the top of the league. Uh the Leaf situation I think is going to be extremely interesting as well, given that they really Always is. But they don't even have half a defense under contract next year. So they're going to have to figure that out. Um, they're paying four defensemen, essentially, or four forwards, sorry, uh, $7 million or more. <laughs> so nearly half their cap hit is, is tied up in four forwards. And, yep. and they don't have LTIR tricks that they get to play this year because right. both Horton and Clarkson come off the books. Yep. So it so many of these teams that built their team around the concept of the cap continuing to go up yeah. might come back to bite them in the end here. Uh it has I don't believe anyone has ever went over the cap before in the NHL. No, um because uh you're not allowed to ice your team, basically. Yeah. I, the only quote I've heard on it, uh, oh, I forget who it was. Someone in the NHL front office basically said that just simply cannot happen. It, it cannot be allowed to happen to any team, as it they don't they wouldn't even tell you like what the consequences were as far as taking away picks from a team or something like that. They were like, it just can't happen. Don't let this happen to any team. So. Yeah. It would be a pretty serious disaster for a team to fail to to reach that cap number. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we've already started seeing the effects of that uh, around the league, which we will start with St. Louis in period two, as 
they have signed a new defenseman, but we'll get to that in a second as it's time to rep my shirt here. I guess it's kind of backwards on stream, but that does say Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, they have a ton of amazing beers. I have an order coming later today for their 15-can uh, sampler pack, which includes the Avalanche Amber, the Vanilla Porter Jr., the Strawberry Sky, the Hop Peak, and what's the fifth one? I can't remember. I wish it was the Mango Mosaic, their new one, but it's not. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to live with. Ah, oh, yeah, the Colorado Core. That's the one. So be sure to the one I always forget exists. Yeah, you're not. I'm a fan of the Core even, but you're not. So I should have remembered yeah. that one. But you can get their beer through Drizzly at any time to pick one up. Thank you for the follow, Jordan. Much appreciated. And you can call them at 303-803-1380 to schedule a pickup from their farmhouse down in Littleton. You can also get $5 off a meal for pickup when you use code DNVR. Pickup is from noon to 8 p.m. Get on it. Help support them. We love them over there, and everybody wins when you use their alcohol products. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Ruto and AJ. So, I alluded to it. The St. Louis Blues the other day did end up signing pending UFA Marco Scandella to a four-year contract at $3.275 million, which will take him through 23-24 season. And that contract in a vacuum is what it is. I think it's fine. It would take Scandella until he's 34 and, and locks up a player for the Blues. But the more important factor here is something we had talked about. Alex Petrangelo is still a pending UFA next season, and would be 31 that coming year and likely is going to make a bit of extra cash, especially if he takes a short deal. This is going to make it very difficult for them to re-sign him already before we even expected the cap to 100% stay flat, which we're still not 100% expecting, I suppose. But it's starting to look impossible for the Blues to re-sign Petrangelo at this point. <clears throat> without without doing something else, because the Scandella deal isn't the only thing that they've done. Yeah. They also signed Mackenzie McEachern, uh, which, you know, is variable. But they also signed Sammy Blay to a $1.5 million deal. And you kind of it's kind of fair to start wondering, like, what, what are these guys doing? Because yeah. Ivan Barbashev has back-to-back 26-point seasons. He's getting paid 1.475, and they gave Sammy Blay two years at 1.5 million. He has 13 points this year. Yep. It's not been particularly productive. I mean, he only played in 40 games, but. Right. You know, that's the almost identical 82 game pace to Barbashev. And, and but, but he didn't play in those games. Right. Like, exactly. He's still splitting some time. Uh, the last couple of years, he's been he's been splitting time with San Antonio and St. Louis, getting a little more time here, a little more time there. But St. I mean now, and St. Louis now has fifteen forwards who are uh, re- ready to basically ready to go. Yeah, they only have two forwards dropping off the books next year, and Troy Brower and Jacob De La Rose, who's an RFA that they could bring back. Right. And that does not count Tarasenko. So they've already committed to 14 forwards. And again, 
Like McKecker and Blay, some of these guys are variable. Kairou can go back to the AHL. But it makes you wonder, like, what's going on here? And they, like, what? Why are they doing all of their business without knowing what the cap looks like? And, and they still need the to extend is, Vince Dunn as well. Right. They've got Vince Dunn that's also going to be coming off of, I believe, his ELC. So they could probably just give him a qualifying offer and not have to worry about him taking him to arbitration because that would be bad. Yeah. But outside of trading one of the goalies because they basically make the same money. Outside of that, I just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, honestly, when I saw the Scandella deal, the first thing that popped into my head was, did Petrangelo just tell them he's not coming back next year? Right. Have they talked? Yeah. And and found out, okay, Petrangelo wants $8 million, and even if we do all this finagling... It's just not going to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And because right now, they are... 79 basically 79.5 million dollars committed yep and that's uh if the cap is still 81.5 petrangelo ain't taking a two million dollar deal even even if he took a one year one million dollar deal and that allowed them to also sign vince dunn and then they let de la rose and brower go and they bring all those guys back it's still tight like you think they will barely be able to fit in Right. And that's if Petrangelo takes a one-year, $1 million deal. And like, even if he took the deal he's on currently and they traded Jake Allen, they'd still be like 150 k short. Yeah. I mean, they're I, I just they're going to have to do some something serious to keep Petrangelo from hitting market. Yep. Because even if he takes the cheap one-year deal and says, hey, I'd like to, I'll just stay in St. Louis one more year, he also gets one year older. He's already 30 years old, Petrangelo is. He he needs to go to market and and get the big deal now. Right. That, because one more year, he's 31 years old going into UFA. His value is only going one direction for the rest of his career. <laughs> right. Like this and and you know, maybe maybe this offseason he won't be able to get a eight year deal or a seven year deal. You know, but you've got to think that somebody out there is going to be offering five or six, at least for Petrangelo. I mean, either that or someone's going to back up a dump truck of money for a shorter deal. And that's where I think the Avs could get creative and could get nasty if they wanted to. And and offer the, the big money for short term. Yeah, what they could do is they could say, hey, we'll give you a one-year, $7 million deal. So right. if the if the, if the cap stays flat, I did the math today, and I re-signed a bunch of these. I re-signed all the guys for the abs just to see what the math would look like. That includes Zadorov. Uh, the only guys I did not bring back were Kamenev and AJ Greer. But I brought everybody else back. And at numbers that I decided on. So, you know, Nachushkin got two and a half. Graves got two and a half. Joe's got one and a half. Um, Burakovsky got five and a half. Zadorov got three and a half. So that's how I got there. And they still had $5 million left over in space. Yep. And that's assuming they just bring everybody back, which I strongly doubt will happen. One of my favorite things in the world to do, by the way, is 
messing with the cap and seeing where things lie for the Avs. <laughs> and just yeah, I I was curious because I yep. like people are like, oh, they're gonna you know that's gonna prevent them from doing something eventually, and it's like, is it? And so they bring everybody back. It's pretty easy to one see a world where they ship out Zadorov and and replace that with Byram's ELC. Yeah, or that included my team. My team included Byram's ELC and Couch. And okay, so and they still had five and a half left. So they ship out Zadorov and just have an extra three million to play with. Then, yeah, I had him at three and a half. So that would be you're talking there now. They would have nine million in space. You could offer Petrangelo or Taylor Hall one year, eight million dollar deal. Yeah, and that and that still gives you a million of flexibility. So yeah, a breathing room to call up, call down, do right, you right, have to do so that you're not like pulling craziness like Toronto yeah, is. <laughs> you're you're literally going day by day yeah. trying to make the cap work. So gives you a little bit of breathing room. Maybe a maybe seven and a half million for a one year deal. Well, and then obviously the other side of that is if you're playing Byron realistically in that lineup, you start looking at moving out someone like Ian Cole as well to free up another four million. Right, and then and all of this depends on what you get back. You know, if yeah. you're going to get a player back that they will have a salary, but if you're just moving them out for for space, uh, roster space, then you could go futures heavy, and they could, you know, if they wanted to move Zadorov, uh, you could say package Zadorov and Jost, and get something right. Sure, like go out and get go out and get strong futures package. Yep, and then. You free up the money for Petrangelo and kind of a restock on the system of a, a reload or or maybe things that give the Avs a weapon to make a move at the deadline later on. Yeah. So there so just there's just so many different ways they could do it. Yep. Uh and Well that's the Avs maintain that flexibility regardless of pretty much what happens with the cap. And when there's that many avenues to to doing something like that, that's when things start to form, right? Uh, Realities start to become a little bit more reasonable where something like this could actually happen. And the Blues have obviously helped things along as, you know, three days ago, there was still a very real possibility that Petrangelo stays in St. Louis. Not saying that's completely gone, but it's certainly less likely than it was. So... Yeah, maybe you know don't fully connect the dots on everything just yet but it's becoming more clear that there could be a path to this not that there will well and then okay Petrangelo becomes a free agent does does Colorado even need to go after him that's a very legitimate question I mean I mean how do you feel about it I I think that he's a caliber of player that you have to at least look into right Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's someone they should be going after, except if you're at to asking me to pick between Petrangelo and Hall, I'm picking Hall. Why? Because he fills out the Avs' top six perfectly. You add Byram to the Avs' decor as is, and I think they can win a cup with that. Okay. Um, what if you add Byram and Petrangelo to your decor, but don't add to your forward core? Great. Then you have a, a fantastic defense. I think which version of the abs is better is what I'm asking. Petrangelo and Byram or Hall and Byram. I believe Hall and Byram has a bigger impact on the abs to round out that second line. I mean, Hall can be on the first line. You can 
do the lines however you want. But I think another solid 60-point score-plus consistent player gives the Avs a lot. One, because I don't know how much I trust Burakovsky to repeat a season. I think he's a very good player. I think he's a top-six player. Is he going to be on a 60-point pace again? I don't know. So... I think that's more important to replace, especially when you're talking about, look, McCarr and Gerard aren't going anywhere. In this scenario, realistically, EJ's still going to be on the team, even if you mm-hmm. bring in a Petrangelo. So you're getting a significant, significant upgrade on a Zadorov or a Cole, whoever you want to say is getting moved out for Petrangelo. But I think the upgrade... From that compared to Don Skoy in your top six to Hall is bigger. Okay. Are you you always building your teams from defense? I'm sure would rather have Petrangelo, but I think it's I think it's an interesting conversation um, because we're talking about hey we're only talking about one year. Sure. Right. Like we're talking about them just giving whichever whichever Hall or Petrangelo like a a high AAV one year deal here. Uh, and then they can go back out in the market and then they could potentially leave and do whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a one shot to win the cup basically. And I, I don't know. I mean, that's an unassailable top six of Taylor Hall. Right. You get Taylor it's Hall. you're just going to beat teams down. But with Petrangelo, I mean, what are the what are the big weaknesses we talked about with the apps this year? Uh, they special teams. Well, I mean, PK got better at the end, but yeah, but I mean, it, special teams is kind of a work in progress. Sure, year. I think that's fair. And then the obviously brain fart tendencies of their bottom four at times defense. Yeah, it, we talked. Where Colorado's kind of flawed was that they didn't really have a true top pairing. Mm, yeah, okay, that's fair. And with Petrangelo, I think that that solves that. Especially yeah. on a one-year high AAV deal, right? That solves the... You could put Gerard there, and then you could have... I don't I don't know. However you would want to... I don't... We don't need to roster bait it out to, to know that Petrangelo makes them better. But he could come in and take your kind I, of like number one. Sure, job. it it also does work a bit as a stopgap, right? As for Byram's rookie year, for him to get into the league and established. Right, and we're assuming Zador- that Zadorov is on the way out. Regardless, I, yeah, of right, because they need room for Byram one way or another. Like, yeah, is there a world where they get Petrangelo and leave Byram in the WHL for a year? Especially, especially if it's a 50-game season that starts in mid-January. I hope not. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to do that. Uh, You have to ask yourself, does Byram make this team better? If you're doing a a one-shot thing with Petrangelo where you're trying to win the Cup, you need to be icing your best roster every single night. So, I guess... You're saying that the bottom pairing that would you would get with Byram and Petrangelo, you're saying uh, it's so say like Gerard and Petrangelo, your top pairing, sure. and then um, 
I don't know, EJ and Makar is sure. like your second pairing. Yeah. And then And then Byram and uh whoever Graves. Graves, yeah, sure. Which I honestly doesn't even sound that far fetched. They were perfectly comfortable putting Graves with Makar this year, so Yeah. Maybe Graves maybe Graves Johnson and Byram Makar. I doubt they do that, but you never know. I mean it would sure be fun to watch that. I mean, we didn't think that Graves and McCarr was going to be a thing all year. Very so. true. It kind of just depends on who they find the chemistry with. Yeah. So, but that's the conversation, though, is that we're looking at instead of a Cole Zadorov third pairing, you're talking about Byram and Graves. Yep. How much better is that third pairing next season than what they have right now? Yeah. And then how much how much better is their top six with Taylor Hall somewhere in there? Right. Like Taylor Hall next to real let's be real. Taylor Hall will be next to McKinnon in in Rantanen. Yep. And you just put the absurd top line up out there and then you have right. a, a Landy Kadri Burkowski. Yeah. <laughs> which is a mean line in itself, but Yes. That <laughs> which which lineup is better? Which I mean, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. <laughs> because then your third pairing on the Hall roster is probably Byram Cole. Yep. I think that's just realistic. Um, I don't mind that. Like, I think I prefer to have Hall there. Because I don't think there's a particularly weak link if your third pairing is Byram Cole. And... There certainly isn't a weak link in your top six if Hall is the sixth man in there. So, it's it's a fun conversation that these things are even potentially on the table, but there is another option that will be there in free agency, which we will get Tory to. Krug. What? Tory Krug. Tory Krug. Uh, that's right. not even the option I was talking right. about, but he's not yeah. wrong. He is not not wrong on that one. <laughs> we can jump into that in the third period if y'all want, but first, when you're making moves for guys like Petrangelo and Hall, I mean, that just takes balls. Free agency in general, you gotta have some massive cojones, and when you're just putting them on display, you wanna show them to your free agents, show them what your package has. You wanna make sure they're looking good. So be sure to manscape them before you throw it out there and offer the big deal in free agency. Manscaped has you covered with a myriad of products in their package, including the Lawnmower 3.0, their Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Deodorant, their Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher made to give you a little bit more pep in your step. Their package even comes with a carrying case and a bunch of other awesome stuff if you want to order that one. You can get 20% off and free shipping when you use code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Make sure your balls are looking right, get the right tools for the job, and get that big free agent signing. Made it through. Almost lost it at the end there, but shout out to Manscapes. They're an awesome partner for us. If you want to help us out, that's another great way to do it is, is hit them up and use our code because it goes a long way for, for both companies there. Um, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. So we can talk about Tory Krug if you want, AJ, but the man, the myth, the legend... 
that is hitting free agency as of today is Dustin Bufflin, as the Winnipeg Jets have mutually agreed to terminate that contract. And look, no one has any idea what kind of shape this guy is in, but you look at how he played one year ago, and that's got to be a little bit intriguing. So, all I'm saying. It does. I mean, this is a dude who brings the kind of physicality that people think Zadorov brings on a regular basis. Yep. This is a guy that drops the hammer all the time. Yeah. So, he would replace that. The yep. real the real question that I think we all will have with Buffalo is just the health. For sure. How healthy is the guy? How much how much foot speed has he lost? And at 35 years old, what does he have left to give? Especially someone that plays that style of hockey, right? It's when it yeah. goes downhill, it goes quick for those guys. Just ask Wayne Simmons. Um so definitely walking a bit of a fine line there. Nonetheless, there's no doubt that there's going to be significant interest in free agency for a player like that. So for me, where I sit, if you get the medicals and he looks healthy, then you're relying, you're, you're saying, okay, we believe that he will get in shape. We will believe he'll be in camp and he'll be healthy. Yep. If he's healthy, I think he's worth taking a chance on. Because, again, we're talking about probably the third pairing here. Sure. Where on your right side you go uh, McCarr, Johnson, Bufflin in some order. And on your left side you have, at that point, you would go Cole, Gerard, Graves, somewhere in there with those three somewhere. Mixed up, right? Just going to do Byram like that, huh? With, okay. With Byram, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm of the opinion if they move Zadorov out, Cole could be, like, a great, like, a really expensive, but a great seventh guy. So, yeah. Um, say that that is the case, though. Say that, say that. okay, opening night, you have Gerard Johnson, uh, Graves, McCarr, and then Byram and Bufflin. Yep. How much better are you? Uh, you're and definitely you better. As yeah. your seventh guy. Right. Sure. And if Bufflin doesn't work out, so if Bufflin, I said this earlier in the lounge when I was talking to some Avs fans about it, um, if you get 70% of Dustin Bufflin, of, as, as what we know of as Dustin Bufflin. Top pairing Dustin Bufflin, yeah. If you get 70% of that player, you've taken a big step forward. That's better than, than Z. It just is. Yeah, exactly. And if yeah. you get... Fifty percent? Nah, right. Yeah, and that's... I mean, this conversation is essentially why I would lean Petrangelo over Bufflin every time, given the opportunity. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this, though. Would you prefer Petrangelo on a six-year deal or Bufflin on a one-year deal? Boy, that's tough. Because that could also be the conversation where Petrangelo yeah. says, screw it. I'm the best defenseman to hit the market in the last five years. 
I'll wait for someone to give me the term. Yeah. Right. Somebody out there will pay me because teams are desperate for defense. Whereas nobody's going to be given Buffalo long term. I, I could see Buffalo getting two years because the team is desperate. Sure. And they're like, and they're saying the second year is what will get it done. Yep. Because he doesn't want to hop around. He doesn't want to go mercenary style and go city to city every single season. Right. So if a team offers them a two year, fine. Colorado can do that easily. They give him a two-year deal, six million dollars, because they have the they have they can they can splash the cash to overpay for a guy like that in order to get it. Yeah, boy, two years at six million for Buff. I mean, I was just pulling a number out of my ass, man. Well, you pick, I know pick five, pick four. Yeah, right. Whatever. Number numbers are irrelevant, really, to this conversation. Yeah. The, the the important number is the term. Yeah, and making sure that it's no higher than two. Yep. That's and really, you really want a one year deal. You really want a one year deal where you're like, hey, we'll give you a year, we'll give you four million dollars. Come in here, play on our third pairing. If Ryan Graves can't repeat what he does, what, what he was able to do, and Buffalo takes that job, you know, and you've you've got now you've got uh, I don't know, maybe a McCarr Buffalo pairing that could be fun too, certainly. And the realistically a defenseman, as you said, that replaces what Zadorov does on the ice, and right in a certain and regard, more offensive upside. Definitely, I mean, yeah. So, as far as a unique side to the defense, he would bring that. Um, the I still this still feels like a, a backup plan, though, right? Petrangelo ahead of him as an option, Hall probably ahead of him as an option. Okay. Let's say all three of these guys hit market. Yep. Sounds kind of insane to think about, actually. But not a, not unrealistic. Right. These three guys hit market. You're Joe Sackick. You have $7 million to spend on one player. This year. And, and you don't worry about... Yeah, whatever. One shot, $7 million, yeah. Yeah, we've we've carved out seven million dollars of space to work with for this year. However, we've done it. There's no Nikita Zadorov, and we don't care about the return. Or I should say, we're assuming the return doesn't come back with significant NHL money. Yep. What do you? How do you prioritize that list? Hall, Petrangelo, Bufflin. I okay. think it's easy, and definitely see the argument for Petrangelo over Hall. I don't see it for Buff. Just too much, well, too okay. much risk there. How do you, how do you prioritize it if either Hall or Petrangelo wants a six-year deal? <sighs> I mean, you know, they, I love, you know, I love Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah, and so this is what I'm, this is where I'm asking. Like, if all things are considered equal, I think that's an easy list. I agree with your list. I think it goes Hall, Petrangelo, Bufflin, but. If guys want, if if Taylor Hall is wants a six year deal, Petrangelo is willing to do one year at a high AAV, or Bufflin is just trying to get a shot on a good team somewhere, you know. And this is where the Avs need to be having conversations with Landis Gog and Makar about realistically where those contracts are ending up, so they have an uh, idea of what their cap hit is going to look like in the future because you know if Landis Cog takes a hometown discount and they car- carve out an extra million and a half there or something and they can find some cheap spots then a six-year deal for someone like a, a Hall or a Petrangelo 
becomes more and more manageable. Uh, if it's Petrangelo, are you looking at him ultimately replacing Eric Johnson as that kind of old veteran presence on your blue line for a bit of a longer term there? Obviously, Petrangelo be quite a bit older at the end of that deal, but it, those the are... other part of this is the expansion draft. That as well, because you got to lose somebody. Yep. If you have Petrangelo, then it becomes imperative that EJ wave. Right. Otherwise, you're losing someone very important, whether it be Petrangelo or, or otherwise. Or you're trading something to keep a guy protected. Yep. You're trading a first round pick so they don't take Petrangelo or something or you know whatever. It's really the defense that that's, that becomes an issue. If there's a multi-year deal done on the back end and with Petrangelo, because if it's even if it's Bufflin, like you'll expose the second year of Bufflin's contract and be like, he's 30. Yeah, it's fine, <laughs> right? Even if you take this guy and you trade him to our, our toughest competitor, you trade him to Winnipeg or Dallas, it's fine. Yeah. TCM Tickles in the live chat. We mentioned Krug. We'd never mentioned Tyson Berry, who very likely I mean, is hitting the market as well. For the same reasons that Krug doesn't make any sense. Tyson, uh, Tyson makes Berry no sense for the abs. It just, yeah. it, just doesn't, it just doesn't fit. Yep. So, I'd love it for a lot of personal reasons, but from a hockey perspective, I wouldn't love it. I just don't think it makes sense. Because as much as I think that like the, oh, you have to be big and you have to be physical and you do have to be somewhat difficult to play against defensively. You can't be soft. And I do think Zadorov gets a little overrated in this era, in this area, but bringing Barry back would make that defense too easy to play against as currently. I mean, the most physical player on that team at that point is Cole, I guess. Graves, you think? Yeah. And like those are like those are like gritty defenders, but they're not like Yeah. They're not layer in the lower in the boom every right. every game or people aren't afraid to go up the boards against those guys. Yeah, and like Graves have we've seen Graves throw some huge hits. But just in not... this NHL, you, you kinda have to just pick your spots. There's nobody yeah. that's going out there and doing it every single night. Right. But even even with Graves, I don't even if Zadorov, you say, is overrated in that, there are still plenty of players who do not want to walk into that oh, guy's zone. Like, absolutely. When we see the effect when when players are just like, Ugh, I'm good. Yep. Like the dump and change on him is real. Yep. But that as as positive as that is, you know, there are a lot of drawbacks that have put a hard cap on his ceiling. So as a player, and that's. That's why I'm kind of I, I I'm I'm sounding overly dismissive of Zadorov. I think he's a solid defenseman. Uh, I would not hate if they brought him back next year. It's I would be annoyed if they brought him back and put Byram in the WHL. But if it's a 50 game season and Byram was in the WHL, I don't think I would hate that. I think it would be I'd be minorly annoyed, but I would get it. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I just, he doesn't have anything to do there, but a 50 game season, you're, you're talking about a four month sprint, man, where it's just like, I don't know that this is going to be beneficial to him. It might be best to just keep him out of a really weird environment and then try again the next year. I, I don't think there's any replacement for playing against NHL talent. I, there's not, but I also don't want that kid to have a bad five games and in a 50 game 50 game sample size across four months. You're playing every other day with no breaks whatsoever. 
that's 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 how you shatter a kid's confidence and it's going to be real hard to get it back and i just don't a, a, a really bizarre weird I, I would keep him away from that if it's like a 68 game season he needs to be there and and it's like regularly spaced out you know like november through april that's fine but like uh, a sprint from january through april of 50 games or whatever like that's a really, really unique, out of the box schedule. I don't want Byram in that. I, I would prefer just to not mess with it. See, I don't have a, a worry about that. I think Byram can handle some bad games. I think he'd be just fine. I just don't. I don't know why you would subject your pri- a prized rookie to an environment he will never play in again. Sure, but you have to take what you can from that. It's. Yeah, like, the environment is weird. He doesn't have weird, to be in the NHL next year. He just doesn't have to He be. doesn't have to be, but I think it would be best for him, even in a situation like that. where. But even if 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 there's no—we should just do a whole show about this. We honestly, can, because, for sure, yeah. Because I think we're going to have to eventually. Just It's going to come down to some kind of weird scheduling thing one way or yeah, another. Yeah, well, so. because there's, there's, there's not going to be a normal summer training program. There's not going to be a regular lead-in to a, a normal— um uh training camp schedule where young guys are going to get the same kinds of opportunities they normally do and i think all of this is building up to a unique situation where you can i i would understand if byram is it's like eh, i'm good we just don't want him in the middle of all this right now yeah i i i think it's just fine to bring him in but we'll save that for the the next pod or, or whenever we get to that topic. Uh, for now, I'm just glad we actually got to talk something relevant to NHL hockey and the Avs. Uh, the current Avs, nice. I suppose. It was nice. Uh, glad we could do that. Uh, any final thoughts here, AJ? Uh, nope. Cool. Um, just, it's nice to actually talk Avs, even if we're just spitballing about this guy or that guy or whatever. It's so nice to just be able to have concrete conversations. Yeah. yeah. And yep. talk about hockey that hasn't happened yet. Right. As, as much as I enjoy the, uh, the games, the, the DNVR watches, I do get a little, I struggle with some of the pods afterwards because it's like, it's already happened. Yeah. And like how much, how much do, can we continually make of it? Yep. You know, when we know the outcome, we know we know what comes next. Yep. Well, we get to avoid that pod today as we gave you a, a news hockey pod. Thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. Uh, by the time this is out, the, the Friday watch-along will likely be over for most people listening to this. So our next one will be Monday, Game 4 of the Avs Wings 96 series. Hope you all will join us. For that, uh, until then, uh, I guess we'll talk to you later. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972. All right, look, when you forget to manscape, your wife's going to tell you to go do chores around the house. And when it comes to taking care of that driveway... That's where Denver Rubber Company comes into play, as they have you covered for everything and anything snowplow blades. They can cut their blades to any length and slot them for mounting to meet whatever your specifications might be. 
be. If you're looking for just a personal blade to use for your snowplow, great, they have you covered. You can also buy bulk at a fantastic rate for some kind of a bigger project, as well as other projects, whether it be custom hoses, custom rubber gaskets, and pretty much anything made out of rubber. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them online at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully.